0: scripture reading is from the book of Mark chapter 10 verses 1 through 12 divorce and remarriage Jesus left that place and went beyond the Jordan and into the region of Judea crowds gathered around him again and as usual he taught them some Pharisees came and trying to test him they asked does the law allow a man to divorce his wife? Jesus answered, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a divorce certificate and to divorce his wife. Jesus said to them, he wrote this commandment for you because of your unyielding hearts. At the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Because of this, a man should leave his father and mother and be joined together with his wife, and the two will be one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, humans must not pull apart what God has put together. Inside the house, the disciples asked him again about this. He said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a wife divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. May the living word of God speak to us through these ancient words of scripture.
1: He came to fame in Tickle Me Omo in the, in the 90s. So the Sesame Street character Elmo posted on X, formerly Twitter, last week, <laughs> posing a question innocently enough. And he was not expecting the response that he got. He posted, Elmo is just checking in. How is everybody doing? Well, the responses numbered in the tens of thousands, and they revealed that the world is not okay. Responses came in like, I'm broke, I got laid off, the world is a dumpster fire. The responses revealed a deep emotional fatigue that wasn't unique to one community or culture or even one nation. The whole world seemed to express to poor Elmo that it is tired, that as a whole, the world is tired, that we are collectively overwhelmed and that we do not know what to do about it. The post was seen as of like Wednesday or Thursday more than 140 million times, and I'm sure it is much more than that by now. It's kind of amazing to me that this question that we use as hello, hey, how are you, from a fake character, a Muppet, triggered this level of response. You see, Elmo takes many of us back to our childhoods, to simpler times, to our Sesame Street days when life didn't feel so hard when the biggest challenge was whether your neighbor couldn't come out to play. You see, Sesame Street and Elmo sit in that place in our hearts of nostalgia and simply feeling like a kid when the weight that we carry on our shoulders didn't feel like it was the weight of the whole world. And as always, Elmo used this whole thing, this whole situation to teach a lesson his response to hitting this nerve um, on Tuesday was, wow, Elmo is glad he asked. He always speaks in the third person for some reason. <laughs> Elmo learned that it is important to ask a friend how they are doing. Elmo will check in again soon, friends. Elmo loves you with a little heart and the hashtag emotional well-being. Stories and fears and anxieties, all that threaten our stability, both as individuals and as a society and I think that this is why that biblical passages that we will tackle today the ones that we'll tackle they're so very important to put back into context. This divorce text that we read represents a larger subset of bible verses, simply bible verses that have been used to attack Bible verses that have been used to divide, to hurt, to cause pain to another, to pile on guilt or make someone feel unworthy or to accuse someone of something, to judge them. They're often referred to as the clobber passages. It's any verse that has traditionally excluded someone from life in the church, ones that have been used as a weapon to intentionally or unintentionally cause someone else pain. And the misuse of these verses has caused a lot of harm. The verses like about divorce, the verses like about our LGBTQ brothers and sisters, about women keeping silent in church, not being allowed to lead. There are so many of these examples in the Bible, and the more that you dig, the more that you will find. And the danger is that they feed this crisis that we all feel. They feed this crisis that Elmo hit upon with his innocent question that there's a basic discord among people today, between individuals, between groups. I can't even imagine what the next 10 months are going to be like as the campaign for the next president starts to heat up. There is division. There is pain. There is attack. And these are interactions that are fueled by hatred instead of by love, with words dripping with judgment instead of unity, with actions that lead to division, instead of building up of community. At any time we take one of these Bible verses, whether it's divorce or an LGBTQ one or about women, anytime we take any one of them and use them as a weapon, we contribute to the deep division in society. So let's put them back in their place. Let's put them back in context. The big issue here is that, yes, the Bible does in fact say that divorce is adultery, we just read it, that homosexuality is an abomination and that women cannot lead. Those words are there. And the meaning of those in the Bible and the biblical context are difficult to dispute. It's not hard to to see them sitting right there. It is pretty clear. Which means that the biblical context is not the problem here. The problem here is the cultural and historical context as well as the literary one. You see it highlights that there are these deep complexities of taking them at face value, of taking these verses plucked from the page from right where they are, and why the cultural and historical contexts are so key to these verses. It's changed. The cultural and historical context has changed, of earth, of humanity. For thousands of years, society was indeed oppressive. We can still argue that it is. But for those who had means versus those who were without, by skin color, by gender, by intellect, these Bible verses were used to keep some people down and lift some others up. We've had an evolution of humanity in our thinking, at least in our context, right? At least here, there's been this sense of progress in our thinking and it's not an excuse and it's not a bad thing. It means that we have evolved. We've evolved as society, we've evolved as humanity. Even in the past century, we've made significant contributions and strides forward. Think about just the past 50 years, how much has changed. We've seen drastic changes. And I think that all of this is symbolized by our ONA covenant. It's more than simply an inclusion of the LGBTQ community. It's about anybody who has typically been excluded or held back from inclusion in the church because of these clobber verses. Now, I know that this is not the way everywhere, but it is here. It is in this place, in this holy, sacred space. And the lens through which we view these passages is therefore different. It speaks to how we understand the role of the Bible in our lives. It speaks to the literary context that we have. This context would challenge us to consider whether every word in the Bible is literally true. Is it the inerrant word of God? Or is there another interpretation possible? You see, if we accept that divorce is adultery, then we must also put to death someone for working on the Sabbath. We can sell our daughters into slavery. We shouldn't touch a football because touching pigskin makes us unclean. These are all rules and laws that are in the Bible. All of these examples actually come from a scene in one of my favorite TV shows, The West Wing, um, when President Bartlett takes on a radio host at a correspondence dinner at the White House. It is a powerful scene. If you Google President Bartlett Bible rant, it will come up. But you've often heard me say that the Bible is true and some of it actually happened. It's a favorite verse of, or a favorite um, quote of mine that allows for there to be a spiritual truth to the Bible without there having to be a literal truth. And a really good example of this is the Good Samaritan. We all know that the Good Samaritan was a story that Jesus told, it was a parable. It wasn't something that he said, this man actually happened, this actually did this. It was a story that he told with a deeper meaning, and there is truth in that. There is truth in the Good Samaritan, even though it didn't actually happen. And so we can have this sense of reverence of revering the word of god without holding it to a literal interpretation because literal happens in a particular place and time and these verses may have indeed meant what we read them as it may have meant that then but it no longer works it no longer works for us and anyone who claims that it does has to consider whether they're adhering to the spirit of the bible or to their own convictions about it you see the bible is god's story of love with the world it's what we talked about when we talked about john three sixteen that god loves the world it doesn't limit or exclude that verse isn't meant to to limit who god loves it's meant to open god's arms to the world that god loves the whole world and flings wide the gates of God's heart and God's arms to embrace the world. From the beginning words of Genesis to the final word of Revelation, the Bible is about how God loves the world and how God redeems the world. And about how humanity understands that to happen—the laws, the rules mostly of the Old Testament, they are humanity's understanding of how God wants us to enact our faith. Sometimes we may get it wrong, and sometimes we evolve. You see, ultimately, if the Bible is being used as a weapon against someone for living into who they believe God made them to be, then they aren't using the Bible in the way that God intended it to be used. To use the Bible to offer grace and hope and peace, and to include, not exclude. And and Instead, we can declare that this is God's love letter to the world for the redemption of the world. It's not ours to throw around as a tool to oppress, to judge, to divide, or to separate. It is a tool to build up. It is a tool to unite, to heal, and to spark hope. Perhaps if we can do that, if we can reclaim the message of the Bible as one of love and grace for the world, then maybe Elmo won't get the responses that he did.